0: This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the 21st Sunday of the year, the 21st of August. I've just returned from Lourdes with 400 pilgrims from our diocese, including a group from our own parish. For the last week we've celebrated our faith, and with thousands of others from around the world, benefited from the spiritual graces offered us during this Jubilee Year of Mercy. Last Monday, the Assumption of Our Blessed Lady, there were over 30,000 pilgrims present at the outdoor mass, celebrated with the Lourdes Grotto as the backdrop. Lourdes is a manifestation of what is best in the church, as it brings together people of every age, background and race in a common expression of our one faith. My first trip to Lourdes was when I was just 16 years old, and Having been many times since then, I can say that it loses none of its warmth and appeal. When you encounter so many pilgrims in one place, the sense of the church becomes very real. And you also understand how, as an individual Catholic, you are never alone on the pilgrimage to heaven. Someone asked Jesus the thorny and sensitive question of how many will be saved, it was very upfront because he's asking about eternal life, how many will get to heaven. But Jesus doesn't give him numbers or a percentage or even answer him directly. Instead, he turns the question back on the man. Try your best to enter by the narrow door because I tell you, many will try to enter and will not succeed. If you talk to older generations of Catholics, you'll probably find that there was a great emphasis in their formative years about the details of eternal life, how to avoid sin, how to get to heaven. And this often resulted in a fear of God, sometimes to a paranoid degree. To be fair, many of our great theologians, St Augustine and St Thomas Aquinas come to mind here, were people who believed that the number of those who would be saved will be very small. My generation received a very different formation. We were assured over and over again that God is love, that he's not obsessed with our petty failings. I think a lot of my generation would just think everyone is going to get to heaven. I'm sure they wouldn't even think about the question of how many will be saved. They would assume Everyone gets saved if God is love. Now, the truth is this. Both of these perspectives of the older generation and my own generation are bad. But I can't help think that the formation my generation received was particularly lacking. Because it's tended to make people utterly indifferent to spiritual things. It's paved the way... For the secularism we can see all around us today, the religious indifference and relativism, which maintains that there is no absolute truth. What I believe that's true is as good as what you believe is true, that one religion is as good as another. We call this the violation of religious truth. And we can't just blame the church for this, or the Second Vatican Council, because the church has always been clear, and it remains clear. This is what the Second Vatican Council teaches in Lumen Gentium. The Church is necessary for salvation, hence they could not be saved, who, knowing that the Catholic Church was founded as necessary by God through Christ, would refuse either to enter it or remain in it. Now, surely in an age of religious tolerance and equality, this sounds like the Church is engaging in some kind of elitism or sectarianism, or even provoking incitement to religious hatred. Does this mean that all others are lost? What about the non-Catholic members of my family, my friends who don't believe what I believe? The Catechism of the Catholic Church quoting Vatican II gives us the answer. Those who, through no fault of their own, do not know the gospel of Christ or his church, but who nevertheless seek God with a sincere heart and, moved by grace, try in their actions to do his will as they know it through the dictates of their consciences, these too may achieve eternal salvation. Jesus never says to his questioners, it doesn't matter what you think or do he turns his attention to the questioner and tells him to strive to enter by the narrow gate. This is the answer you'd expect from any master that's trying to get us to accomplish something great or difficult. If you were learning to play golf or to play an instrument, you wouldn't expect the teacher to say, just swing the club as many times as you can and eventually you'll become perfect, or just play the keys of the instrument in any fashion, until a tune comes out. Like that famous Morecambe and Wise sketch, I'm playing the right notes, but just not in the right order. The way to being good at these disciplines is narrow indeed, because it involves lots of effort. If you asked a good fitness instructor, how many will get fit? I don't think he would say, I don't know. He would just say, don't worry about it. Just get to work yourself. Work on your own form. In the Christian life, this means living God's life, to be in His embrace, to will our holiness and our salvation by the effort and practice we put into it every moment of every day. We don't get into heaven by default, but by conformity to Jesus' way of being. Though Many people today are ignorant of the things of God. This kind of invincible ignorance doesn't excuse us from the duty, the constant duty, of helping others come to a knowledge of the truth, to the knowledge of Christ, who is the only and the one Saviour. It is to quote the catechism again, our obligation and a sacred right to evangelise all men. Many will try to enter, but will not succeed. The road may be steep and the gate narrow, but on the journey towards eternal life, God has given us his church. The signposts along the way are clear for those who wish to observe them. They're also trustworthy signs because they light up the road and facilitate our human freedom, enabling us to journey home led by the light of truth. In this pilgrimage home, God has given us his very own mother. We don't have to go to Lourdes to meet her. We can talk to her daily, wherever we are, asking her help when we need it. God has given her to us as our guiding star, the light that guides us through the narrow door, home to the Father's house. Let us pray. O oh God, who caused the minds of the faithful to unite in a single purpose. Grant your people to love what you command and to desire what you promise, that amid the uncertainties of this world our hearts may be fixed on that place where true gladness is found. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen.